Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Well, we're starting a new series, Thou Shalt Prosper. Now, on a day like this, everyone should have come to church. Because this is serious. You're going to be blessed. God has been speaking to us prophetically about uh, financial advancement, especially in the last three months of the year. It's very interesting because typically when the year is ending, people are really not thinking that this is the time to prepare for a serious service. But that's what we feel God is telling us. And every time we feel God is telling us something, we dig deeper into the word concerning that thing. Now, in church, there are many uh, perspectives and opinions about money and financial prosperity and whether it should even be taught from the stage. Go here. You want me to change? Check. Okay. So, there are many opinions about financial prosperity. What does the Bible say? It is if you have read the book, Straightforward Financial Growth you'll understand that this is a serious matter. We have a team here from Worship of Eskabale, led by Pastor Christine. Thank you for being there. And the team from Worship of Kigali. Can we welcome the Kigali team? Thank you so much for coming. Wow. We had some people from Nairobi. Are they here? Wanji? Oh, Nairobi team. Oh, yes. Team Kenya. Some Nairobi, some Ongadu. Thank you for being here. Uh, these people should take you to the Brin Cafe after the service and feed you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true. Okay. Who is going to take charge? Martha, stand up. Turn around. She's the one taking you to the cafe. All the teams, Nairobi, Kigali, and Kabali. Seta, no, sit down. But you know, it doesn't matter what your theological, doctrinal persuasion about finance is. Every day you spend money. <laughs> Every day you spend money. And most people spend most of their time looking for money. You wake up early, you go home late. You're looking for money. Some of you, God has tried to speak to you about the mission of God, but he cannot find you. Why? You're looking for money. They tell you, start an MC. Oh, I work till late every week. Why? You're looking for money. Plant a location. I can't plant a location. What if it grows? <laughs> because you're looking for money when your whole life is about looking for money you can't fulfill the purposes of God rather you have to understand how to dominate money and most people haven't yet figured that out and I'm here to help you as usual I'm helping you I'm helping your neighbor even if he doesn't look excited 
Yeah, because when you don't dominate money and it dominates you, it kills God's vision for your life. Are we together? And money is not moral or immoral. Money is amoral. Meaning it's neither good nor bad. It's just about the heart of the person who has it. If you want to propagate evil, and then you get a lot of money, you will do a lot of damage. Now, if you want to propagate evil and you're broke, you will have limited impact. Yeah, you'll do damage to a limited degree. Now, when you want to do good and you have little money, you do little good. You're limited in the good you can do. But when you have a lot of money and you're up to good, you can do a lot of good. Now, I'm going to assume that since you're in church on Sunday morning, you are one of those people who want to do good. Now, I want you to think about your income of the third quarter, July to September. If you even know what it is. <laughs> okay, have you thought about it? I just have a rough estimate. Multiply it by 100. In that imaginary world. How much good do you see yourself doing? I hope you're saying something. I, I hope you're not thinking you're going to eat times 100, <laughs> drive times 100. No. You see that the net result of such a thing, if it can happen, is a lot of good. Yeah, some of you, if you multiply it by 100, you'll be building whole locations. Yeah. Others, you'd, you know, do something. But that, that's the whole idea. Yeah. Money is amoral. When money, and there's a lot of money in the world, so when the Christians don't go get it, it ends up with the wrong people and then they do a lot of harm with it. But I hope that through this series, you will be inspired and instructed in practical ways in which you can improve your stewardship of finances for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. And please get yourself a wealth pack so you can understand the scriptures. Now, I found out, or not, not I didn't find out. Let me reverse and get drive. I decided that I'm going to start because sometimes when you tell people about wealth, they don't appreciate it. So I'm going to start by telling you about poverty. Mm. Because I think people don't have a clear picture of poverty and how dangerous it is. That's why they are kiss-kissing it, handshaking it, giving it hugs and trying to be in a relationship with it. Yeah, but and some people are far from it, but others are on the fence. They are like, I know it's not good to be poor, but anyway, the rich also cry. So I want <laughs> I want to start by making you hate poverty properly. Give me Psalm 113. That verse, verse what? Seven. Psalm 113. Let's read it together. 
He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ashes. Now, let me give you the roadmap for today's message so that we are together. You know, sometimes when you're going somewhere and the kids ask, Dad, where are we going? And you tell them, yeah, it's a surprise. Stay in the car. After two minutes, where are we going? Where are we? So I want to tell you where we are going. So you stop asking. So where are we going in this message? One, we are going to talk about the implications of poverty. That's part one. Part two, we'll talk briefly about the biblical support for prosperity. And then part three, we'll talk about the purpose of prosperity. And we will conclude. Are we together? Yeah, because without a vision, people cast off restraint. So now I want you to be restrained. I want you to put away your Chinese phone. Don't text while I'm preaching so that we get somewhere with it. Okay? So part one, we've, we are now in part one, the implications of poverty. He says, he raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy. You know, I was reading this verse the other day and the Holy Spirit showed me something. You know, I read my Bible in very interesting ways. I don't presume anything. I read with open eyes. Can I show you something interesting? Dust represents poverty. Repeat. Dust represents because he says he raises the poor out of what? That means the poor are always if you want to know if people are poor check the dust levels. Yeah. Check the dust levels. One time I took a flight to America. Yeah, you'll be there. And uh, I had cleaned my shoes. <laughs> I had cleaned my shoes. And when I was at Entebbe, they looked very clean. But when I landed in Amsterdam, you know, for that the, the layover before, suddenly... My shoes that looked very clean in the table. <laughs> we are not clean at all, at all. Yeah, you, you, you people, you think I'm joking? Dust and poverty. Yeah. Those of you where you come from, by the time you arrive, you look like you've used a uh, copper girl. <laughs> Do you realize that certain neighborhoods in Kampala, people don't, they don't wash their cars the whole time. Yeah. They don't jog. No, no, there are certain neighborhoods in Kampala where the roads are paved, there are paved walkways. They're just a bit like Kigali. Uh, and, and what but you know you realize 
You've never thought of staying there? <laughs> why, why have you thought of staying there? I thought it is a nice place. You, why do you want to stay where you have to go through four traffic jams to reach town? Are we together? Uh, even if you try to shut me down, I know what I'm talking about. I, I told you that the vision for the first part is to make you hate poverty. Yeah, because you've been handshaking it, thinking it's not, it's, you know, you, you, I know you're bad, but you know, you're not that bad. No, my friend, poverty is bad. You have to hate it with the same passion you hate sin and sickness. Dust equals poverty. Just think about it. Yeah, the cheapest places to rent are the ones with the most dust. And once they start tarmacking the road, the land prices go up. That also means that the places with the cheapest land are the ones with the most dust. Anyway, look, even me where I live, there is. So don't think I came here to abuse anyone. I, I'm a priest. I'm just trying to illustrate truth. <coughs> are, we, are, we, are we understanding each other? So in case you want to know, do I live in a poor neighborhood or a rich neighborhood? Just check the dust levels. Yeah. There are some places if you don't clean every six hours. <coughs> By the time you check the bedroom, the, everything is brown. Oh, yeah. All the countries that we say are rich countries, developed countries, first world countries. Do you know the number one characteristic of those places if you go there? You don't see any soil. Nothing. Every place is either tarmac or paved or grass. A friend of mine got a scholarship to study law at Cambridge University. You can say I'll be there. And so, you know, in typical fashion, he packed everything nicely to go. It was a one-year thing. And, of course, he took with him, because you're going to study the law, so when you're going to class, you have to dressed a certain way. He was doing a master's. So he took with him a powerful tin of kiwi <laughs> shoe polish. <laughs> to his shock, for the whole year, he never needed to polish his shoes. I know right now it's looking like Nirvana to you. Like, what? No policy? So is that why you know there are all those nice shoes you see on the internet? And you're from what? Eh? They are white. So you also buy. And after two weeks, you've gone from white to cream. <laughs> Buate has rejected this report. 
where shall I take it? Anyway, you know wherever you come from. So you, you go on Instagram and Pinterest and you're like, these sneaks. Go and get them. So you get these white sneakers. Then after a few weeks of usage, and then the worship team says, white sneakers. <laughs> and then you come and realize there are varying levels of white. Are you following? He raises the poor. Who are they talking about? God. He doesn't say he keeps the poor in the dust. God's whole mission is he finds poor people full of dust. He wants to lift them out. In fact, if you're a leader at any level, including at home, one of the signs of true transformational leadership is how much of the earth you are able to subdue. Practically, what does that mean? How much soil is exposed, with the exception of gardens, of course. Yeah, you find that where there is proper leadership, people are trying to cover all the dusty areas. You pave the road. You plant grass wherever there, there is any, and put walkways. That's leadership. At, at your own house, let me challenge you. You may say, ah, government, this government, that local government, this local government, the other. They are not in charge of your plot. You inside, when they open the gate like this, is there dust? And soil? Yeah, go pay. Go, please. We are not here to be theological and doctrinal. We have a whole continent that is called poor, even though we have lots of resources all over the place, because we, we are not thinking. We are not harnessing the things we have to create real transformation. Real transformation is if there is not, is, you, see, you see this room? How much of this service, do you think it would be much more enjoyable if there was dust? Now, some of you have been here a long time, you know, there was a time when it was just uh, concrete, then we added a layer of, uh, what's that thing called, cement screed, and now life was better. And we were enjoying, no one was, then we said, okay, now let's take it to another. Now you see, you can slide what, all, all, all this is a function of leadership. Where there is no proper leadership and revelation of what poverty can do to people, you'll find that somewhere inside the house, it's soil. I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you that you, we have to get ourselves out of this situation. Amen. Yeah, even in the basement, you know, we are like, add some concrete. One bay. Reduce. Because there was a time where when cars drove down there, and when the wind blows so we are determined step by step square meter by square meter to subdue
subdue the earth. That's how you subdue the earth. The earth, the soil you can look at, you subdue it so you no longer see it. It's either paved or grass or concrete or tarmac. Practically, at home, at your office, at church, you are not this noise making of I take it, I take it. Where are you taking it? <laughs> Am I making sense? I know I'm helping someone. They may not look like I'm helping them. They may be putting on that face, but I know I'm helping someone. Ah, yeah, yeah. Now let me give you another revelation from this. That that was the shallow end of the pool. Now we are going deep end. So buy your floaters. Now, in the Anglican prayer book, the funeral part. Hmm? You know, I don't recall the English one because all the funerals I attended in the village they were using Luganda. But there's a part when they are putting the body in the in the grave. Where is it? Taka mutaka vumu vu mfufu mfufu. Dust to dust, ash to ash, and what? There's a third one. Soil to soil. Are you sure they use that word? Okay, whichever one. Now, I want you to look at this verse with fresh eyes of a person who has a revelation from God. Why did the writer specifically use dust and ash? Because you don't find poor people seated in ash, ash ships. You Have you ever found poor people that they are in ash ships? No. What he's opening your eyes to is death. Death. Poverty kills more people than you know. Poverty is the number one killer on this planet. Are you following? Someone gets a very simple, treatable thing. They go to a nearby clinic. They, they can't even check what the issue is. They give you painkillers. Next we know the person has died. It was malaria, but they couldn't tell. So they just said painkillers. Do you know I just killed that person? Poverty. People who die from malnutrition. Do you know what kills them? Poverty. Poverty kills. Now, not only does poverty kill the person, which is quite final, but more importantly, poverty kills the person inside. Like, you can be living, but you long quit all your dreams, everything that is of God in you, you already put it away 
you've moved into survival. Now, do you think God is trying to survive? Ah, am I talking to myself? Do you think God is trying to survive? He's wondering how he will parent next week. I don't know to who. No. Do you think God is driving? What am I going to eat? No. Now, when you're a child of God, and those are the thoughts that occupy your mind, you cannot live the God life, even though he has given it to you. So, literally, what we have is the walking dead. The walking dead. That's why Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, what you shall eat, what you shall wear, what you shall drink, what you shall put on. For after such things do the Gentiles look sick. But you, you, you get what I'm saying? Says your father knows the things you need. Why? Because he knows the risk of people living like that. So are you seeing the impact of poverty? Oh yes. Now, I want you to know that having looked at all of that, what is God's vision? Raises the poor out. If you're here and your whole life is about what will I eat? What will I pay the landlord? What will I do with the children? Back to school is that's what occupies your mind. I want you to know God wants to raise you from that kind of life. He didn't create you to live like that. God is a lifter. God is not trying to put you down. God is lifting you. God is saying, my son, my daughter cannot be in this whole existence mode. And see the next verse. He says that he may there is a reason that, that he may sit him with what? Ordinary people with princes. 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 Do you think princes are they thinking about what they will eat? Who shall pay rent? Well, what's the the new the new heir apparent of England? No, that he's no longer prince. That's King Charles. So what is his son, King, Prince William? Do you think Prince William? I'm sorry to put it this way, but do you think Prince William worries about the things you worry about? Do you think it has even crossed his mind as to whether his children will go to school and whether there will be food in the house? Do you think it has crossed his mind that at any one point, at all at all, things may run out? Because he says God wants to raise you from this existence of dust and ashes to that level of living. Sit him with princes. 
where you're discussing matters of global interest like church planting in Asia. See, when I start talking to you about church planting in Asia, you're going first say, where is that? Then you say, now what would I tell my boss? You see? So don't, don't, don't assume that you have even got 5% of the revelation you need in your life as far as financial dominion is concerned. It shows by how you're thinking and how you live. You see, because when you're seated with princes, you're not discussing the things you're discussing right now. When you sit down with your wife and your husband, what are you discussing? Are you discussing issues of global impact? You see, you're discussing children when I'm getting out there, say, what? Third term, whoever, whatever. Yaka is beeping. Twee, twee, twee. Fuel gauge is down. You have a car, but you pack it. It changes. God is changing your situation. God is lifting you from that kind of existence. Anyway, give me Proverbs ten fifteen. Quick, now we have to move quickly. Uh huh. One, two, three. We read the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Now imagine Jesus tells you, go into the world and be witnesses. But now you're being destroyed. What is the destruction of the poor? Their poverty. It doesn't say the devil. It doesn't say the rich people. It doesn't say their boats. It doesn't say nothing. Like once you're poor, you have already entered the chamber of destruction. If you don't want to be destroyed, make up your mind that you and poverty never, ever, you're going different directions. You have different visions. Poverty has its vision of destroying you. You, you have a vision of life and life more abundantly and you are not going to succumb to it. Implications of poverty. The destruction of the poor is there, what? Look at this one. Proverbs 13, 23. I'm just speaking, eh? because it's deep, but I'm just speaking. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice is waste. The fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that has not been tilled. That's just left there. And it says, much food is in that ground. And because most of you are not into agriculture, think about your fallow ground as something else. Ideas, untapped potential of your business, untapped potential of your skills, all of that is fallow ground in which there is much food. And you have not yet stepped into it. Wow. 
quietness presbyterian has joined us let me give you one or two more and then i move on to better news proverbs 14:20 and then proverbs 19:7 proverbs 14:20 let's 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 hey, read it uh-huh. the poor man is aided by, even by his own, but the rich has many friends neighbor you go knocking on um, I'm introducing myself I'm your neighbor you just see a dog's barking give me Proverbs 19 those two verses it four and let's read wealth makes many friends but the poor is separated from his friend you see that the second one is friend singular even the one friend okay i don't know who, who wants to be poor so why do you resist teaching on prosperity if this is going to be the net result of poverty that even your one friend you're separated meanwhile people have money look at the next one I want, I want to show you. there's another verse all the brothers of the poor hate him how much more do his friends go far from him he may pursue them with words yet they abandon him because words is oh, when you're poor oh, you have to be very convincing all you have is what words words Wow. wow implications of poverty is taking up my old someone when I have other things to share but I, I, want, I want you to hate poverty yeah if you averagely hate it I want you to hate it completely by showing you what it can do hmm. one time it was my birthday a few years ago now the unique thing about this birthday of mine is that absolutely no one had thought of doing anything for me which happens when you're poor no one can you imagine it's your birthday 8 a.m. Nothing. 9. Nothing. 10. Na- You're there thinking people have a surprise for you. No, no surprise. 11. Nothing. 12. Sub- 1, 2, 3. So around 4 or 5, I realized, hey, it's your birthday. You're not going to be there and be annoyed because people haven't done anything for you. Do something for yourself. So I decided to organize a dinner for my birthday at a restaurant with just, you know, intending to invite a few friends, maybe 12, 15, huh? not too many people. 
So I set up where I'm going to have the dinner and I start inviting people. The excuses I was getting. I remember where I was. I was driving my old car. I remember where exactly where I was and how I felt. People haven't thought about you to do anything for you. Yeah, you've thought about it yourself. Now you are inviting them. And they, they don't even want to come. You see, these are the implications of poverty. You may think these are bad people. They are not bad people. They are just fulfilling scripture. and think everyone is bad, everyone is bad. Yeah. There are some people, if they say they have a party for nothing, it's just a party. Ah! They would be re- restraining people to come in. Like, I, I'm, we've had there's a party here. Yeah, yeah, I'm also their, you know, friend. I know it sounds funny. But it's true. It's just that we are so nervous about talking about it, even in church. Everyone is there having nervous laughter. But you know yourself when, how it is when you try to interest people in your thing. And they show absolutely no interest. Can you imagine what would happen if Sudil opened an MC? Even people who have never, who don't understand what MC is about. By 4 p.m., there will be a traffic jam to his house. MC. Now, I will not talk about your MC and, 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 and how eager it, people are to come. Who is not understanding this message? Even your one friend, I'm telling you, me have tested what it means to be poor and even when you are the one paying the bill, people don't want to come. You're paying your little money. You've squeezed. Ah! You and I, we cannot afford poverty. It's too expensive for us. It's too expensive to be poor. Can, can cost people their lives. Now, let's leave poverty alone. Yeah. Let's talk about prosperity. Now, there's this very popular verse, Third John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many things? In all things and be in health just as your soul. Uh-huh. So he's talking about prospering in all things. And he's talking about being in health. And he says it is rooted in the prosperity of your soul. 
just as your soul prospers. Wow, I think that's amazing. That you may prosper in all things, meaning just as your soul. In other words, soul prosperity determines all other kinds of prosperity. That's why money will never hit your wallet until it has hit your mind. When we found out we were so poor, my wife and I, the first step we took was to renew our mind. We started reading books on financial prosperity by many people and listening to audios. And that's how we started the journey. We are not where we want to be, but we are definitely not where we used to be. Am I making sense? Because it's just as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, your emotions, your will. So your prosperity on the outside is driven by your prosperity on the inside. I want to suggest to you that there are maybe four layers of prosperity. The first one is spiritual prosperity. That's when you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, so you're a child of God. That's why this verse starts with the word beloved. What makes them beloved? They are believers. If you're a believer, you're beloved. It's as simple as that. I will repeat. If you're a believer, you're beloved. Never doubt that. That's the first level of prosperity. And the deepest. It's the foundational one. And then the next one is the soul. Because you know your spirit, soul, and body. It says as your soul prospers. How does that happen? Do not be conformed to this world. Romans 12 too. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you think that you're poor, you're not going to do things that rich people do. You're not going to live in places where rich people live, like Shitukutwe. You're not going to... to... Who is that one beefing? <laughs> I tell you, I tell you. Let me continue with my message. So, spiritual prosperity and so soul prosperity or mental prosperity, prosperity of the mind. And then there's physical prosperity, your body. If you have a lot of money but you're perpetually sick, it's not real prosperity. The woman with the issue of blood had spent all the money trying to get healed. Am I making sense? So, that's also part of prosperity. So, spirit, soul, and body. Now, there's other other things Bible says a feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry but money answers all things Ecclesiastes was 1019 <laughs> thank you money answers everything now this is now here is why this part is important the prosperity of you could call it material prosperity if you like prosperity in material things because your spirit, soul and body but you're not just spirit, soul and body your spirit, soul and body plus everything that pertains to you car, house friendships, etc. now, financial prosperity or material prosperity gives helps you scale the other prosperities. Do you understand? 
The Bible says, everyone is a friend to one who gives gifts. So your relational prosperity can be easily uh, improved if you have financial prosperity. You just start sending out gifts to your friend, friends. And before you know it, you have good friends. How many of you like the friends who every time they call you, they want something? You see the number and you know something is about to leave you. Are those the kind of relationships you delight yourself in? No. We all want friends who, you know, there is a sense of, yeah. Amen. Wow. So, financial prosperity will ignite your relational prosperity. If you are that husband who can't give a wife Kameza, you know you're going to struggle with your marriage. You're there, the wife is annoyed. Annoyed about what? Just slap her in your car and you see what happens. Whether she'll continue being annoyed. What a slap. You're looking forward. I hope I'm not throwing husbands under the bus right now. (laughs) I can see that the husbands are not as excited as the wives. Okay, buy her flowers. That's affordable. Either way, you need to spend some money. If you are not well physically, one route is the miraculous. You walk by faith. But also that one, you need to buy a Bible to read it. The other route is the natural means. Go to see a doctor. They will ask for money to treat you. So you see that financial prosperity can enhance your physical prosperity. Financial prosperity can enhance your soul prosperity because you can go and attend courses, conferences, buy materials. And financial prosperity especially enhances spiritual prosperity. How? It enables us to preach the gospel. Because if, imagine that you were the only one going to heaven. Is that really nice? No. When it comes to this idea of beloved, it's both quality and quantity. You should have a deep relationship with God, but there should be another 10,000 people who are getting into a relationship with God because of your relationship with God. And you know the number one limiting factor about that? It's cash. Yeah. The less money you can get, the less gospel you can preach. Thank you for that thunderous applause. As if, yeah. I, oops, I have to start finishing. Now, that, let me show you another one. Proverbs 10, 22. What does it say? The blessing of the Lord makes one average. Makes one rich. And he has no sorrow with it. My friend, if when this is not your opinion of rich, when God is the one who think, who says rich, you see, God's rich is different from your rich. Yeah, if you go to your village, the people who they call rich in your village are very different from the people who they call rich in Kampala. Yeah, and you may be rich in Kampala, but when you arrive in Dubai, you find you are not among the rich. 
And then when you go to New York, you find that, ah. It's different. Maybe in your village, you can buy a house for 50 million shillings. You come to Kampala and you have to spend 400 million. Which is about $100,000. Then you go to another city and for $100,000, you can't even get a room. Yeah. One room with a toilet. No. You're looking $500,000 upwards to get anything called a dwelling. So rich varies. Now we are talking God type rich. Where God is saying the blessing makes rich to the standard of God. That, that's where we're going. You know, this church worship harvest. Huh? In a few years, it's going to have the highest per capita wealth of any congregation. In Africa, I'm telling you, because we are we are working on it. A time will come where in Uganda, if you're going to buy land or to sell land, you're most likely buying from a worship harvester or selling to a worship harvester. It, it will be a rare exception that the person you're transacting with is from another church. If they are from another church, maybe it will be that they were once in worship harvest. It's going to happen. Look, whether you look, you, 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 just stay around. Stay around, stay alive, stay healthy, hooked on, and preaching the gospel and running your mission of communities. It's going to happen. Yeah. Where it's like, which churches, the most people with lands and houses? This one. Why? Because of the things I'm teaching you. So the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. It doesn't make you poor. And he adds no sorrow with it. Look at Second uh, Corinthians 8-9. Very straightforward verse. What does it say? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that what that you through his poverty no you can't be confused about that don't say spiritual riches when did jesus become spiritually poor and anyway when the basa of your school calls you about your child's school fees are you going to quote them verses paying spiritual money no, they want Uganda shillings, Kenya shillings, Canadian dollars, and other such. Amen. Are we together? Yeah, I know this sounds much more scholarly. But you are understanding it. The Holy Spirit is communicating to you. He's showing you certain things. But I want you guys, worshipers, please, I want you to join me. Let's, let this be a vision. And it's for purpose. I'm going to just spend another five minutes to share the purpose. But I want you to first understand it. Jesus said the poor will always be with you. He didn't say you will be the poor. 
When I say you will always have a dog, I've not said you are going to be a dog. I, I really get a sense that God wants to use us, this church, to bless so many people. So many people. And I know you're really doing so much. Many of you, you're doing a lot through your MCs and through other initiatives in your extended families. But I want you to know what you're seeing is just a drop in the ocean. Yeah. Because when I think about what's coming, look, people are going to be giving people whole houses as gifts. You have nowhere to sit here as a house. Yeah, you're going to see things that you can't imagine happen in a country like Uganda. We are going to defy all the stereotypes of Africans and relation, their relationship with wealth. And I want you to be serious about it by managing your own resources really well so that we can do this together. Amen. Let me finish. Purpose. Purpose. I told you the roadmap. One was implications of poverty. I hope because by the time we finished that part, I realized people didn't want to talk. So I said, let's go past it. Let's, let's, let's start on something else. And so the biblical position about prosperity. And we have not even really gone deep. Yeah. God's covenant men. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the people came out of them were all men of mighty wealth. If you go into the Bible, you find that God used rich people. <laughs> uh, let me lean into this one a little bit. Do you realize that Adam, he had one land title. He didn't need the surveyor, separate, divide. It was a whole earth. So how broke was Adam? And then you come to Noah. So there are many intervening generations. Now Noah, hmm, I'm starting to enjoy the sermon when it's ending. Now, you know when God comes and tells a person, build a boat that takes all the species in the world and you're going to keep them for 40 whatever it is you think you tell a broke person now let's say it happened today God wanted an ark built would he come to you do you have resources to build an ark Eh? lions elephants what all those you know you can just see that God doesn't have too many choices if he needed to do something like that. Check with your neighbor. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> would you build an ark if, if, if you... <laughs> he wasn't using plywood. You see, Noah had to be a man of resources. Abraham... What does the Bible say? Genesis 13, 2. Abraham was very rich in livestock, 
in silver and in gold and he said father abraham had many sons had many sons father abraham i am one of them and so i use let us praise the lord okay your father abraham was very rich in livestock gold silver and gold uh-huh and you you are one of them his son isaac genesis 26 12 he says then isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the lord blessed him not the devil the lord blessed him not the devil the lord blessed him next verse and the man began to prosper south that is me and continued prospering south that is me until he became very prosperous now those of you think it is spiritual prosperity only next verse for he had possessions flocks possessions great number of servants the philistines envied him envied him jacob was wealthy even when there was no food in canaan he sent his sons to egypt not to beg food to buy he had money to buy joseph was wealthy he brought a lot of wealth to pharaoh david was wealthy solomon was wealthy elijah was wealthy elisha was wealthy nehemiah was wealthy jeremiah was wealthy daniel was wealthy jeremiah was in prison in prison and he bought land in the city when he was a prisoner in the city and they brought the title to him in prison now you you are not in prison you're going to buy land you're going to buy land let me give you my general vision for worship harvesters when it comes to land so you can adopt it buy a piece of land every year as a bare minimum every year buy one if you're 25 and you start buying a piece of land every year by the time you turn 50 you will have a minimum of 25 properties And never sell land and not buy land. Join HMC. They'll help you. Oh, I was still going through these guys. I was still going through these people. Yeah. Give me the Nehemiah verse. Just at least one. You know, it helps to show one. This is Nehemiah. Now remember Nehemiah. Are, are you with me? Are there people here? Let me remind you something about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a slave in the palace in Shushan. He was a, a cupbearer for the king. In other words, he was those people who taste the drink 
and then they watch if you die someone was trying to poison the king if you leave then the king can drink so one time he's so sad and the king says what's up he says oh my people jerusalem the walls are broken so the king says you go 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 rebuild your thing this cupbearer who was a foreigner he may even have been an eunuch because they don't talk about his children or his wife look he came back and this is what was happening uh, are there people why are people trying to scare me with their faces when I'm bringing I'm about to show you how you should be living this is living now don't end up singing it leave it so this guy who was a cup bearer they've just sent him to go rebuild the city look what happened he says and at my table were 150 Jews and rulers besides those who came to us from the nations around us lunch breakfast lunch time dinner 150 next now that which was prepared daily was what one ox and six choice sheep daily also fowl were prepared for me that's like chicken and once every 10 days an abundance of all kinds of wine yet in spite of this i did not demand the governor's provisions because the bondage was heavy on this people he wasn't using the money of the office this was his personal money he was he didn't demand the governor's provisions i must go Vera, give me my thingy. It's even 11. What a shock. Give me my... This is the purpose part. We'll send this to your MC Shepherd and they'll send it to you. But you can also take a picture. Ah. Oh, they're trying to make sure we see. So, high wealth, low wealth. High purpose, low purpose. When you have high wealth and low purpose, the end is greed. You become greedy. You're holding it. That's why he says, open call for me that verse and we read it without taking off the, the, the graphic. First Timothy. Did you have data? But those, this is what he says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows, not few sorrows, many sorrows. This is when people think you make a little money, that's the time to get another wife. You get a little money, that's the time to buy another uh, 12th car. It's just useless. Greed. No purpose. Are you following? Are you trying to silence me? So, if you aim for wealth without the purpose of the gospel, you're going to be a greedy person. And one day you'll go to heaven and regret it. 
Now, on the other hand, there is high purpose, low wealth. You are an MC shepherd, but you know, you wonder why people don't want to come. There is only water and cassava. High purpose, low wealth leads to frustration. You want to do all the good in the world. You know, the Bible says Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick. Compassion is when you can actually do something about the problem. If you can only see the problem but you can't do anything about it, you are not compassionate. That's called concern. Concern. You're concerned. But you cannot turn your concern into compassion. You see, if a person is hungry and they are seated crying, if you come and you even say, oh, sorry, 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 you're not, there's no compassion. Compassion is putting food in their stomach and that calls for money. Yeah. Lots of concerned people. Very few compassionate people. Difference? Cash. Cash converts concern to compassion. So frustration. Jesus said, you want to build, you should first count the cost. Otherwise, they will come and say, this person failed to do it. You'll be frustrated if you have a vision and no money. I meet so many young people, so I have a passion for the girl child. Why haven't you done anything about it? Oh, me, I'm passionate about this. Why haven't you done anything about it? Do you realize that for me to do something about what I'm passionate about, which is the church? Yeah, you think this building fell from heaven? preaching better than you're listening. I think now I've decided not to even worry about the time because someone is about to get a revelation that's going to change your life forever. Just think if you had a hundred times the money you have right now, what you could do? What you could do? Fun fact. Do you remember the story of Lazarus? And a wealthy man who went to hell. Because some people think if wealth will take you to hell. The wealthy man was in hell. The rich man was in hell. Lazarus was in heaven, in paradise. The richest man was in paradise. Abraham. If, if, if money is what sent you to hell, there is no business of Abraham being in paradise, in heaven. Because Abraham, this man was rich. Abraham was very rich. So I find that the richer people were in heaven. And, yeah. Let me finish. What happens when high wealth meets high purpose? The breakthrough. Do you remember 818? And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers 
as it is this day. What was the covenant? In you, all the nations shall be blessed. The blessing is eternal life, according to Psalm 133. He says, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, Galatians 3 8, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, He knew all the nations would be blessed. That's the covenant. So, what is the purpose of the wealth? To establish the covenant, which is what? That all the nations to receive eternal life. I believe that salvation for people who mean business is correlated with available resources. There are people who, if you give them more money, more people will get saved. There are people who, you, if you multiply the money they have by 10, you multiply the number of people getting saved through them by 10. It is that straightforward. Amen. Do we understand? Why don't we stand up and close this service? Wow. Thank you, Father. Just give thanks to God for his promises to you concerning you. His great concern for you and all that pertains to you and his desire to bless you with great wealth for the purpose of his covenant of bringing many sons and daughters to glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We honor you. May your name be praised always and ever in our lives, in our lives, in our lives. Thank you for the vision you're giving us for the people of this church to be the most impactful generation, even economically, in a way that changes all nations and blesses all communities. We thank you. Now, if you've not given your life to Jesus, everything starts with him. Every blessing is from him. He says the blessing of the Lord makes rich. He adds no sorrow with it. Maybe your whole life has been struggling to find money. And God doesn't want you to live like that. God wants to bless you. God wants to walk with you. God wants, you know, for you to have that assurance of his presence and his kindness. Amen. So I want to pray with you. You're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never committed my life to Jesus. Today, today, you can have assurance of salvation. Amen. Maybe you don't remember ever making a public commitment to God. Oh, you've worked with God before, but you're so far away, you don't feel like he's with you. God is saying, I am there. I am with you. Just turn around and I'm there with you. Amen. So I would like to pray with you. Can I ask everyone to stop walking around in this moment? If you're that person, can you just put up your hand? I can pray with you to receive Jesus. If you want to receive Jesus, put it up straight until I've seen it. Put your hand up straight until I see it. If you want to receive I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Can you, wherever you are, I see that hand. Thank you. Can you just walk can you come here even though we're out of time i would like to pray with you i would like to shake your hand and welcome you into the family of god can we celebrate those who are coming to receive jesus oh yes he's going to make a huge difference in your life just stand here facing me welcome god bless you so much
some people are coming can we receive them with joy hey church what has happened to your joy and celebration god bless you my brother god bless you my sister oh yes god bless you can i shake your hand god bless you more people are coming to receive jesus the one who changes our destinies god bless you god bless you the real wealth giver is jesus because he gives you spiritual prosperity first can i just say god bless you man. all right anyone else our time is fast spent but we will wait for you we'll wait for you just keep walking if i see any movement i know you're coming to give your life to jesus any movement i see in the room i know people are coming to receive jesus just come straight just come just come just come can we celebrate as they come ask your neighbor if they want you to help them to come and receive jesus some people may feel it's too far it's not too far we'll wait for you amen oh yes thank you god bless you my sister you're welcome you're welcome god bless you welcome anyone else oh yes have you asked, have you asked your neighbor are you engaged in the ministry work god bless you god bless you keep coming wherever you are you want to give your life to jesus oh yes god bless you straight out of kabale oh yes anyone else jesus is waiting jesus is calling jesus is loving on you today he wants to give you eternal life Amen. Can we celebrate this courageous? Amen. Can you just pray with me? Just pray this prayer after me. Can we pray with them so they don't feel awkward? Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Today. Today. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I say bye-bye to the devil. I say bye-bye to the devil. And I come to you. And I come to you. Today, today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my past. Forgive me my past. And give me a future. And give me a future that is full of possibilities. That is full of possibilities. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate? Oh yes. Can you can you just go with Trevor here? Where are you going? Right there. We want to take your names. We want to check on you. We want to visit you we want to make sure you're doing well oh yes can we celebrate these wonderful people thank you jesus can we just pray as we close thank you father for your kindness thank you father i pray for anyone who may be suffering from any ailments i speak healing i curse every disease every condition commanded to leave you in the name of Jesus. We bless you Lord. And 
Lord while we are while we are on this topic of prosperity. I pray that in the next 14 days you will give a sign to each of your children in this room and those watching us online that your will for them is prosperity. Do something miraculous out of the ordinary and that will confirm your word to them by providing in extraordinary ways. I thank you because you've heard me and you have answered my prayer. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Next week we continue with Thou Shalt Prosper. Bring a friend. Yeah, bring your hustler friend. Tell them, hey, let's go and get into divine stuff. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.